Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 27 called Isaiah's Apocalypse. Now, have you ever tried... I've been avoiding tumbleweeds on the side of my house. I almost did it for about a year, and then finally I decided to put on some gloves and try to stick the thing in my trash can. Have you ever done that with a tumbleweed? It's got all these prickly things on it. You got, oh, ah, ah. And the other thing about tumbleweeds is they just blow around with the wind, and they get stuck under cars, and, and they just make a mess of things. And that's how a lot of people are. They're a pain. Because there's no depth of root. And so they just get blown around with the wind, right? They, and they're jaggedy and sharp. and You know what I'm saying? The deeper that your roots go, and every Christian has a root system that's going deeper and deeper, so that you won't be blown around, Ephesians 4, by every wind of doctrine. Colossians 2 says, As you ha- therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up, Colossians 2, 6, and 7, and established in your faith just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. The deeper the roots go, the more fruit comes. Have you noticed that in your life? I have. And it's been a process because when you're just a little plant, right, you're trying to get some sun and some water, right? Not a very deep root system, but there's still fruit. And then it goes a little deeper, and then there's more fruit. And then you become a little bit of shade to others. And then maybe you're feeding others with the fruit. You know what I'm saying? That's what God does. And by the way, it's a process. So give yourself a break if you're not shading a ton of people right now. I told somebody this earlier. I said in the first four years of my Christian walk in I've been walking with the Lord since the late 80s, and I love to be mistaken for a youth pastor. So anybody who thinks I'm a youth pastor, I just say, oh, bless you. Tell me more. They say, you're the senior pastor of that church. You look so young. And I say, oh, bless you. Tell me more. Tell me more. Anyway. (laughs) Well, in the first four years, I came out of a lifestyle of, and I've told you publicly many times, I'm not really proud of, but... It's my testimony. And so for four years, man, I struggled and I struggled and I struggled. And my falls to sin started to spread out. Rather than falling every week, it was every two weeks. And then it was every two months. And then it was, I fell once in four months. And then it was six months. And then it was eight months. And then it was a year. And all of a sudden, those sins and I still struggle with sin like everybody else, but those sins of my past finally went away. And the deeper the roots went, and it was like God, he did a lot of pruning in those days too. Have you felt that pruning clipper of the Lord, you know? Oh, ah, ah, oh, ah, right? Why are you doing that? Don't cut that, right? But then it produced more growth and more growth and more growth. So, This is the beautiful thing about this vineyard is it's producing fruit. Seven, like the striking of him who has struck them, he has struck them. Now, it goes back to show what God did in the life of Israel or like the slaughter of his slain, they have been slain. 
This is the New Living Translation from verse 7. It says, Has the Lord struck Israel as he struck her enemies? Has he punished her as he punished them? This captures the thought, and I think the answer to that question is no. He wasn't severe. He measured his discipline with Israel. Look at verse 8. Thou didst contend with them by banishing them. This could speak of under Assyria. It could speak of the Babylonian captivity. And it could even speak of the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70, where the people were away from the land for a long stretch of time until 1948. Thou didst contend with them by banishing them, by driving them away. This was God's doing. With his fierce wind, he expelled them on the day of the east wind. This is New King James 8. In measure, and that's a key thought, by sending it away, you contended with it. He removes it by his rough wind the day of the east wind. God measured his discipline with them, but he did discipline them, and he caused them to go into the foreign land of Babylon, and Babylon was filled with what? Idols. And it's as if God said, okay, if you really want these idols so bad, uh, there you go. Go live in the land of idols. And they went off, and they were in captivity for how long? 70 years, right? And then there was the people returned to the land. And they realized under Nehemiah and Ezra that they had sinned against the Lord. There was public repentance. Remember the revivals that you read about in those books? That's because the people realized that God had done this. God had disciplined his children. Why does God discipline? Because he loves you. If he didn't care about you, he wouldn't bother with you. But he loves his people. They've always been the apple of his eye. And their problem has always been idolatry. Nine, therefore through this, Jacob's iniquity will be forgiven. This will be the full price of the parting of his sin when he makes all the altar stones like pulverized chalk stones. Look at verse nine. When ashram and incense altars will not stand. Now, if you read your Bible, and I hope you do, and you are right now, so you're, you do. What do you see? This king did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He tore down the altars. He took down the ashram poles. By the way, my understanding of Baal is that his, I think his mom was the ashram. Wherever he had an altar of Baal, you had a tree right next to that altar that represented Baal's mom, ashram, or an ashram pole. And sometimes it was a literal pole, but most often it was a tree. The good kings would go up on the high places, knock down the altars made to Baal, and they would take down the Asherah poles too. And then God would say, ah, that king is serious about following me because he, he destroyed the altars and the, the idols in his life. When do you think God believes, and of course he knows everything, but what, when is the evidence that someone is serious about following Jesus Christ? when the idols are smashed in their lives. That's the outward evidence. Have you ever been there? Maybe you're there now. Maybe there's some things in your life. Remember um, Acts uh, 19, when the people bring all their magical texts and they, they burn them? Why did they do that? Because they had come to Christ and, and remember the books were worth a ton of money and I told a men's Bible study one time, if there's some things in your life that need to be burned, burn them. 
And I'm talking about literally, just don't catch your house on fire. But <laughs> Because what is that a sign of? See, if you leave the little altar or the little God in the closet, then what are you saying? Well, I'm kind of in God, but I'm kind of not. But I'll put this little God in the closet so that I can just bring it out whenever I need it. And God's like, really? When are you going to tear down the altar? When is the ashram pole going to go? Uh, later. You know, I'm not ready. And, and so, you know, you, if you leave it up, you know what happens? Then God disciplines you. <laughs> so you might as well just deal with it now. Because as a Christian, you can't live in both worlds. Now, there, the children of Israel are at the foot of Mount Sinai. Moses goes up to get the commandments, and they're saying, I don't know where Mo went. That's, a, that's Michael's translation, right? Where is he? And so they all, they get Aaron involved, and all the people give him the gold, and he starts to form the, the calf, right? The golden calf. Go there for a second. Exodus 32. You guys want to study your Bibles, right? Oh, that was weak. <laughs> Thank you, David, though. You were just alone. You want to study your Bible, right? Okay, Exodus 32. You know that commercial, Where's the Beef? Here it is. Now, all the people, 32-3, tore off gold rings, which were in their ears. Where'd they get them from? From Egypt, and brought them to Aaron. And he took this from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made it into a molten calf. Some believe that that was a, a god in Egypt that could also point to Baal. And they said, this is your God, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Really? Now, when Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, tomorrow shall be a feast to who? Wait a minute. Did you read it that way? The feast was going to be to Yahweh. That's what your Bible says. But yet the golden calf's there. Do you know that this was... One of the bigger problems in Israel, today, um, it's called syncretism. You sync everything together. You all, you all have your electronic gadgets now, right? I don't know what you guys do with them, but I heard syncing things together is kind of a cool, is that going on right now? People sync stuff? Anyway, think of syncretism that way. It's a blending of everything. This was, this was Israel's sin. Go back to Isaiah and we're... We'll finish. They mixed things. Hey, we'll build the calf, but we'll still worship Yahweh. We'll just put them right side by side. It'll be cool. I'm sure God won't mind. Do you remember when, uh, was it the, in the Philistine, Philistine temple when the ark was brought in there and they had Dagon, half, I think it was a half fish, half man god, and he was in his temple, you know, just this false idol. And they, they brought the Ark of the Covenant in there, and Dagon went and fell. He didn't have one of those things on that can say, I've fallen and I can't get up. And so the priests, you know, they had to come and fix their God. Oh no, get the crazy glue, man. And they 
put him back up and Dagon went down again. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. You're invited to our next apologetics event called Dare to Defend. This is something that you're going to want to go to because it's going to bolster your faith and encourage you and give you reasons and answers for the hope that you have. Join some of today's top apologists who will provide real answers to skeptics' toughest questions and equip you with the tools necessary to confront the moral confusion of today's culture. J.P. Moreland talking about miracles. Why do I have to have an answer to this question? I at least know there's a God. Sean McDowell dealing with deconstruction. When I was on the road, to met a man he goes i'm his last friend who didn't bail on him i thought man what does it matter with us john and claudia kalmakoff if they don't have that foundation and they don't know about god's promises and what we know is true not by what we're feeling but by facts historical archaeological facts what we know to be true then their feelings take over lenny esposito who will deal with the power of the archaeological record you know you're doing a construction project rome they were trying to build the subway and they had to keep stopping because they keep finding stuff hey if you're looking to get further equipped and we all should be this is the conference to go to dare to defend begins friday evening on march 25th at living truth christian fellowship in corona california get your tickets now and make sure you have plans to join us learn more about dare to defend and get your tickets when you visit walkintruth.com that's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH that's 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Half, I think it was a half fish, half man god. And he was in his temple. You know, just this false idol. And they, they brought the Ark of the Covenant in there. And Dagon went, and fell. And he didn't have one of those things on that can say, I've fallen and I can't get up. And so the priests, you know, they had to come and fix their God. Oh no, get the crazy glue, man. And they put him back up and Dagon went down again. And the picture is there, it's a beautiful one, is the false God worshiping before the ark. <laughs> anyway. See, when the altar stones are pulverized like chalk stones and the ashram and incense altars are torn down, then God says, the realization of atonement has come. It means my people love me. See, that's the essence of the whole thing. See, when, when idolatry happens, here's what it is. It's spiritual adultery. Do you understand that? Do you understand that the Bible begins and ends with a marriage? Do you understand that God is saying, every time you did this, you cheated on me? That's the issue here. And they said, no, I can have this other lady. It's cool. God, you'll be all right, won't you? No, I won't. I will have no other gods besides me. By the way, those other gods don't measure up anyway, so what are you doing? They're just creations of your own imagination. That's happening today, isn't it? For the fortified city is isolated. Now, here back to the city of man to finish. A homestead forlorn, forsaken like a desert. Is that where you want to go? The calf will graze. There it will lie down and feed on its branches. It's dried up. The, it's desolate. When its limbs are dry, they are broken off. Women come and make fire with them. Think of the vine and branches there in, from John 15. 
For they, that is those who cling to the city of chaos, they don't invite God into their lives, are not a people of discernment. Therefore, get this, their maker, literally he who molded them, verse 11, will not have compassion on them and their creator will not be gracious to them. Think of it this way. This is just simply put. The people who reject God and will not invite him in and stick to the city of chaos, Babylon, and all that it represents, you know what they've done? They've rejected their creator. Just let that settle into your heart for a second. The one who made them and gave them life, their eyes, ears, uh, involuntary organs, circulatory system, children, everything, the sun, moon, and stars, the oceans, the animals, him who created them, they said, no, nah, I don't want you. I know you made me and all, but hey, you know, I got things to do, people to see, other gods to worship. They rejected their creator. And God says, how can I have compassion on people who won't even invite me into their life? That's the tragedy of unbelief. And two, now in that day is to wrap up. And it will come about in that day, just like verses one and two. It finishes with in that day, the Lord will start his threshing from the flowing stream of the Euphrates to the brook or wadi of Egypt. These are original boundaries of the promised land which will be realized in the millennium. You will be gathered up one by one. God knows each one of the sons of Israel that he will gather up and he knows you. One by one, he knows your face, he knows your name, he knows the hairs on your head, he knows how many there are or how few there are (laughs) in some cases. He says, I will gather you up one by one, O sons of Israel. And it will come about also in that day, 13, that a great trumpet or shofar will be blown and those who were perishing in the land of Assyria, who were scattered in the land of Egypt, pointing maybe in a symbolic way to the uh, dispersion of the Jews, will come and worship the Lord in the holy mountain at Jerusalem. A great trumpet will be blown, a shofar will be blown. The uh, blowing of the trumpet, two main uses of it. One was to call to war. The second was to call the people to a solemn assembly. When the rapture happens, there will be the uh, shout of the archangel, the trumpet of God. There will be a trumpet that blows. A trumpet blew, by the way, uh, starting off the year of Jubilee. Every 50 years in Israel, the year of Jubilee, 50th year, was launched with a trumpet shofar blown. It was a year-long celebration of rest, relief, and homecoming. And people will come into the city of God rejoicing as in the year of Jubilee. At the sound of the trumpet, they will rest, they will come home, they will find relief and restoration. And those in the city of chaos, what will they have? Well, I guess the only credit that they'll have in the city of God is the wounds that they put in his hands and his feet. Wow. Father, thank you for this powerful chapter. It speaks on so many levels to us about how faithful you are and about your heart for your people. It is both sobering and thrilling. And we, we can kind of feel what Isaiah felt as he wrote these things. 
On one end, there's joy unspeakable and full of glory. And then on the other end, there's, there's pain, sadness for those outside the vineyard. And so our, it is our prayer, Lord, that you'll help us to have that right balance of rejoicing in our salvation, rejoicing in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And yet, like Paul, still having unceasing grief in our hearts for those who are lost. I'm not sure how to strike that balance all the time, Lord, but, but you had that perfect balance as you walk the earth. So I think as we follow you, we'll figure it out. You had the oil of gladness above your companions, and yet um, you also wept and felt anger and sadness for those who rejected you. So as your people, Lord, may we walk as imitators of God, as beloved children, may we never forget how much you've done for us to prepare a place for us. And you have blazed the trail with your blood. You have prepared a place that is going to be amazing and a place where there will be no weeds and nothing to hurt or injure in your holy mountain. And we just pray, Lord, that you'll give us eyes to keep focused on that reality. Right now, we're not there We do live in a world that is filled with um, ups and downs. But help us to just continue to run this race with endurance as we fix our eyes upon you. For the sweet saints that are here, may you bless and encourage and strengthen their faith. May you bless them as they go out into the world and share the joy of their salvation with others. May your kindness lead others to repentance. May we faithfully proclaim the good news of the gospel both by the way that we live and what we speak. May you help us to uh, treasure the things around us that we receive every day, meals, uh, family that's here, so much to, so many blessings to count. Help us not to be negative and help us not to be um, discontented, but rather help us to be content people, rejoicing in all that you've given to us and looking forward to what's ahead. The best is yet come. We love you, Lord. You've been listening to Isaiah's Apocalypse, Part 3 on Walk in Truth, and that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 27. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you download our free Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with pillars. With our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth. It's where Michael Lance serves as senior pastor. And if you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies, free events, and services, both for you and your kids. If you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from the Living Truth app. You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app in your app store. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, there's a beautiful mention of a great trumpet and then God's people worshiping the Lord on his holy mountain in Jerusalem. Beautiful promises from the Lord fulfilled as the captives came back. And of course, there's a future scene at Mount Zion where the people of God will gather in a new Jerusalem And we're excited about all that's ahead for the people of God. A banquet, as we saw in chapter 25, choice food, choice drink, 
and uh, the beauty of the presence of the Lord wiping away every tear from our eyes and, you know, death, Isaiah 25, six through nine, death being swallowed up for all time. Praise the Lord. I tell you, um, I just recently did a memorial service for a dear brother who attended this fellowship, part of this fellowship for a long time. And I'm tired of memorial services. I, 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 I do them. I, I uh, want to honor the person who's gone home to be with the Lord, but I think you know what I'm saying. I'm tired of seeing people die. But death will be swallowed up one day, my friend. And maybe you've gone through a loss recently. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you're dealing with an illness right now. My heart, my prayers go to you. Hey, if we can pray for you, you can submit a prayer request through the website at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. If you need someone to pray with you personally, we would love to do that. You can call a phone number where pastors are available here at the church from 9 to 4 Pacific time. And some of you have taken advantage of that, and I would encourage you to do so. If you need someone to talk to, pray with 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. This is Pastor Michael Lance, and Lord willing, we will see you right here as we deal with Isaiah 28, and we deal with the crown of glory and the tested stone. We're excited about it. We'll see you here tomorrow. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events, too. Please donate at walkintruth.com and click donate. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapter 28 called The Crown of Glory and the Tested Stone. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.